0: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR, 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem.
1: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, and we are back on 90.3 FM, WH. C R the voice of Harlem, and this is Stanley Fritz, your favorite PC engineer, host of the show when Selena is not taking cover of it, and I'm here with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs. Selena Hill is five foot one of energy and adorableness. Alyssa is five foot something, mostly God, zero. You're
0: so wrong on both of our heights of Stanley. alcohol
1: and legal intelligence, and I am Stanley, five foot eleven point six three inches of whiskey ignorance and trap music, and if you love talking about politics and smart things this is not the place to be because i drank too much before the show started so i want to paint a picture for you guys so how many people in this room and hopefully outside in this world heard that new york just voted in agreements to raise the minimum wage the federal minimum wage for, for workers
2: no state minimum wage but well it's part yes state
1: thank mm. you oh, i said federal such an idiot <laughs> so state minimum wage for workers just raise your hands if you know that so I posted a status about it because I thought it was a great thing. I was a little frustrated because even though they raised the minimum wage for New York City to $15 an hour, and it'll go to $15 an hour eventually for Long Island and Westchester, upstate New York got left behind at twelve fifty. So I mentioned that. And then what happened was pretty much a volcano eruption of comments and arguments and political pandering and punditry from all of my friends who didn't feel like these people deserved to get a minimum wage. There were so many people who were frustrated that someone at McDonald's was going to be making 15 dollars an hour in 2018
2: mm.
1: that it made their blood boil. And some of them even threatened to get rid of me. And while they were typing profusively on their computer screens and looking up links at theBlaze.com to show me why poor people are stupid and lazy, <laughs> and then inboxing me to tell me that they're disappointed in my political point of view. There was a president in Iceland who was being forced to resign. Do you know why, Selena? Yes. Yes. And I'll tell the rest of the people why too, <laughs> since you want to try to steal my <laughs> intro, Sean, Miss. Hill, this president in Iceland, was being forced to resign because he had millions of dollars in a shell company that he had made from working with banks in that country. And you know what? When it was time to report all your fundings during 2007, 2008, when the world was collapsing from a financial crisis, he did not report those figures. And even though Iceland, we always look at them as one of those places that went after the big banks and went after the people that were stealing money, the president himself was one of those people. And while he was out there sending all these bankers to jail and saying we weren't going to accept this, he was keeping money for himself. And then we found out that Vladimir Putin has billions of dollars in money in a shell corporation somewhere. And you know what? A lot of that money is dirty. And we're saying, wow, we knew Putin was crazy. We knew he was dangerous. We knew he was corrupt. But now we know for sure that he's also a thief. Mm. And all of a sudden, people were saying, but wait, wait, how do you know this information? And there was something very interesting about how we knew that information, something called the Panama Papers. So I will give you some background. About a year ago, over two terabytes of information from a hard drive in a company in Panama was leaked to reporters. And these reporters four hundred of them got together and worked as a team to unpack all that information. And what did it tell us? It told us about the corporations and the business people and the rich people and the super wealthy who are going to this organization, this firm in Panama to create shell companies in Panama. and in other places. Thank you very much, Alyssa. Um, Molsack firm, I think it's called. And they were going to all these places to create these shell companies. And they were doing this for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it was just to, you know, put some money aside. Other times it was because they didn't want people to know what new businesses they were starting. And then in more sinister places, they were trying to hide their tax dollars away from the American people and the European people and all the people who could hold them accountable. And they were doing this successfully. And now this information is out, but Greg who left 15 comments on my page and put three Blaze.com links on my wall and then inboxed me and asked me why I was a socialist <laughs> really? is mad because someone who Makes is struggling now tries. is going to make $15 an hour in 2018 when, to, when $15 an hour will be the, the equate, pretty much equate to $5 an hour. And that is the place that we stand today as we begin to have this conversation about the Panama Papers because you shouldn't be so upset about Jason or Jackie or Maria or Thomas was fighting for $15 an hour? There is someone else you should be paying attention to, and we want to tell you all about those people and that persons, and we want to tell you how we got this information about them through the Panama Papers. And to help us with this conversation, because we all know Stanley can only keep a coherent conversation going for about three and a half minutes, and then I pass off from over drinking, <laughs> we have an amazing guest on the show. And her name is Miss Marina Carn and she is the associate editor, and I'm hoping I didn't butcher her title because if I did, she can feel free to punch me in the ear. And Or you can call her news editor at The Atlantic. And she covers breaking and daily news, domestic and international. And she is someone who I am very excited to speak to because she gave a really great background on the Panama Papers and The Atlantic, which is obviously a publication that has done amazing work around stories like this. And as we all know, ta Coates writes for them as well, is just one of those staple publications that we should all support. So, Marina, good morning. And before we talk about important stuff, what is your favorite thing to drink during brunch? During
3: brunch? Uh, Well, first, thank you so much for having me, and I feel like I have to disclose my height to be part of the group. I'm 5'2", if that helps. Um, (laughs) Favorite thing to drink during brunch, I would say, is the Bloody Mary.
1: The Bloody Mary. So you are a 5'2 leader of editorial work at The Atlantic who drinks Bloody Marys while she's writing long-form articles telling people what to think about the Panama Papers, Correct.
3: Well, you asked me what I drink during brunch. I don't think I drank anything
2: while writing this. Uh, Well, you know, that's one thing I've always really liked about The Atlantic is the long-form articles that I feel like you only get sort of in the Sunday Times magazine section. But The Atlantic does that all the time. And they're really good for people like me who like to sit down and read a long-form article. Although I know so many people just like those attention-getters. Yeah.
1: I like to write long-form, but I do my best writing. Marina, you can, like, disagree because you are actually a real writer. I like to (laughs) drink some whiskey. First, and not because it makes me a better writer, but it makes me care less, so I can get the words out. And once what? I care that's less, that's
0: why you have so many grammatical errors.
1: Soon, your <laughs> mic is off. Now, go ahead, Marina.
0: Proofread. <laughs>
3: well, Proofread. It loosens you up, right? So, like, the words just flow after that
1: happens. Exactly, Selena. Yeah. Proofreading is for women and Europeans. I can't Thank you very you. much. Donald Trump That's 2016. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> no. What's not offensive that comes out of Stanley's mouth? <laughs>
1: this is very true. All right, guys. So now, let's get back to the topic at hand. I gave you what I'm assuming is a very muddled introduction to what the Panama Papers are, and we have Marina here because she is brilliant and she knows things, and we want Marina to please give us some basic background on the Panama Papers leak and what it means.
3: Right. Well, no, I thought that was a a great introduction. Like you said, um, 400 journalists have spent the last year just combing through this massive, massive leak, which is 11.5 million documents from a single uh, company, which is Mossack Fonseca, and that's a wealth management firm that's based in Panama. Um, So, in short, what all of this information has revealed is – very rich people's secret financial dealings. The effect that the Panama Paper leak had was, you know, um, sending a bunch of people into dark rooms and shining a flashlight and revealing this secret world of the global elite where they can easily and anonymously and very legally hide and shuffle and move around money with very little uh, government oversight. Um, and so this week revealed information from uh, about dozens of current and former world leaders, dozens of politicians, even professional soccer players. And the names come from a host of different countries, Russia, Ukraine, China, Syria, Egypt, the list goes on. And so um, on Sunday, exactly a week ago from uh, when we're talking, these news organizations started publishing stories about these dealings and what they mean for the whole public to see.
1: Wow. So more or less, we're we're talking about, if I can put it in Stanley terms, Jason wants to cheat on his girlfriend. His creepy friend, who lives (laughs) in Queens, says, hey, you can use my basement to go on dates and the McDonald's over here because no one shops here. And then finally, a whole bunch of other people who know how to read and have morals caught him and all of his other friends who were doing this and put them on blast. Correct?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think that's a fairly
0: accurate assessment.
1: Thank you very much. Selena?
0: Um, so, Marina, I have a question and shout out to you and me for the short girls and Alyssa. Marina to, and short Marina. women, Selena.
1: This is America.
0: What? Anyway, so I just want to say <laughs> shout out to everyone below five feet. I mean, five, five. Um, so, I wanted to know. So, I um, mean, you know, I was doing research on the, the massive leak. Can you explain why there weren't more names and like more renowned people from america um who were leaked or resigning i mean because we've seen like a lot of people resign from um the um from iceland and from other countries in europe and you see like a lot of backlash but you don't really hear anything like that going on here in america
3: right so that's a good question so the only a certain number of journalists right now have access to this leak, and they've only reported on a portion of its context uh content so they said there's more to come so so far, at least, um, the U.S. has kind of escaped scrutiny from financial regulators here. Uh, I think it was USA Today that conducted an analysis of what was out there and found that um, Mossack, on of this company, had ties to 1,000 U.S. companies, mostly in Nevada, which is kind of a mini tax haven in the U.S. But that's not something, like you said, to the scale of um, revealing that Iceland's prime minister has millions of dollars in an offshore company. So I'm not sure if it's a matter of maybe they're saving the best for last. Um, There's still a lot more stories to come from the leaks. But I think that the story is still really going to resonate in the U.S., um, especially with people who align themselves with the Occupy movement, you know, the idea of the 99% against the 1%, because the people who are creating these offshore accounts globally are part of that 1%. Absolutely. Absolutely especially in in the ongoing presidential primaries on the Democratic side, where you've got a debate that is very much about income disparity in the U.S. and where Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton have for months been in this tug of war over her ties to Wall Street. Um, You know, the Panama Papers may not have implicated any high-profile officials in the U.S. yet, but I think it's definitely going to resonate in the conversation here.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're listening to this conversation, you have a question or a comment, you can give us a call at 212-650-6903. Hi, Marina. Alyssa here. Um, I totally agree with what you just said I um, So I have an interesting Question I was reading uh, Or actually not because I necessarily Wanted to but somebody said to me Hey read this article and it was a Wall Street Journal Article and I'm pretty liberal so I don't Generally speaking read the Wall Street Journal but it was Written by somebody who was pretty conservative um, And you know Basically it made the argument That liberal policies Or pro- liberal progressive policies in these European countries specifically um, That make it that with where there's very high taxes are the reason why so many people are doing this. And it essentially made the argument that if Bernie Sanders was to get elected here, that we would see even more of this and would specifically see more of this with Americans because so many people would try and be avoiding taxes. And, of course, then went one step further to make the argument like this is why we need tax cuts and you know make very conservative arguments. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that sort of counterpoint. I disagree with that. Um, You know, obviously— you know, Wall Street Journal perspective, but I do think it's an interesting perspective that, like, progressive liberal tax policy in uh, European countries where taxes are high directly leads to this situation, and that if the United States was to, for example, vote for Bernie and go down this route, it would actually exacerbate this situation, not make it better. Yeah. So, so he's making the
3: argument that it's the European countries, right? Well, if you look at certain money laundering watchdog groups, and they um, many of them have lists where they rank countries for their uh, financial secrecy, and, and the U.S. ranks pretty high for um, not being very transparent. Um, we have tax, tax havens right in the U.S., and a, a tax haven is the name given to a, um, a country or a jurisdiction where... People and companies are taxed at very low rates or even non existent rates, um, where there are laws in place that really ensure the confidentiality of people who open these offshore shell companies. And the US has that in Nevada, it has that in, in Delaware, um, which has very, um, has laws that are very friendly to corporations. And it's really easy to open an offshore company in Delaware. Actually, there was a Fusion reporter last week who opened one in the name of her cat. Um, because it's, the, the process is so anonymous that it doesn't have to be for a human being. Um, but I think what people thought when they saw the news from this leak is that you know, dozens of politicians and officials from more than 50 countries are named in these leaks. And some of these countries are known to have problems with fraud and crime by individuals in the government, but others are not, like Iceland and France and Chile. So I think that people will look at this and go, Wow, the the potential for corruption knows no country. it's, It's so widespread that to kind of pin this on
2: European countries doesn't really make sense. I think that's a great point.
1: You know, I find it funny, Listen, you mentioned that Wall Street Journal article, but we know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and from a great book that I read, by the way, called Runaway Inequality from Les Leopold. Um, they mentioned that the gap between CEOs and regular workers is at 844 to $1. So for every $1 someone makes it per hour, a CEO makes $844 per hour. Companies and corporations are making more money than ever before. So I just don't see taxes being a deterrent to them. What, what I do want to ask you, Marina, and in relation to this is, have we seen all the information from these Panama Papers? Will more things be coming out in the future? And if so, is there something we should be looking out for?
3: Right. Well, so only, I would say a handful, maybe two handfuls of stories have come out in the last week. And again, it's only been one week. Um, And I think, as you mentioned, the fallout was most deeply felt in Iceland, where the prime minister um, was alleged to have had set up a company with millions of dollars. And, um, that story came out on Sunday. On Monday, 8,000 people had come out to protest that in Iceland's capital. And it's important to remember that the population of Iceland is just over 300,000. So 8,000 people, uh, coming out in a very otherwise peaceful country, but, uh, you know, for them, it's maddening because they're just coming out of the financial crisis for that many people to come out a day after these leaks come out and then force the resignation of the prime minister. That's huge. So I think, What we're going to be looking for the next few weeks is public response to information that comes out about their world leaders. And we're already seeing that in um, Britain. So David Cameron has acknowledged that he had a stake in his father's offshore trust, um, but he says that he sold it before he became prime minister. But already this week you're seeing that thousands of people are coming out to protest in London.
2: Right. No, that's, that's that's really true. So before we go to a quick break, I just wanted to ask you, you had mentioned earlier that um, the news media, a lot of different news media organizations got this information about a year ago. And for about a year, uh, people have been working in teams to sift through, I guess, 2.5. Terabytes or something of of Documents which is a lot of documents uh, As an attorney who goes Through documents and gets document dumps All all the time that's just a lot Of documents I don't think people realize the scale of it How is it that these Teams of news organizations did so Well to keep this information secret for the past Year to sort through it and that none of this Information was leaked Um, because You'd think in this big of a document dump Somebody even within the news Organizations might have might have talked so How is it that that this information was able to be kept so secret for so long for people to go through it before finally the news decided to, to be broken, essentially.
3: Right. Well, I believe there was an understanding between the news organizations involved that they would just work in complete secrecy, you know, much like these foreign individuals and investors have been doing, and that they would respect any embargoes, and that this story was much bigger than any one news organization. And if one person defects, um, it could all come crumbling down. And I think, honestly, it took the reason that that nothing came out was because it took so long to even figure out what was there. Um, These reporters had to essentially build a searchable database to make sure to even scan these emails and PDF files and photo files and make it searchable. Um, So I think by the time they realized what the patterns were, then... It sped up from there, and the story came out soon after.
1: That is extremely impressive and really talks about the hard work that journalists do and they don't get paid well enough for. But, guys, we do have to go on a quick break. Marina, hang in there with us. When we come back, we will continue this conversation and start to talk about how people can push back and if the fallout will be legitimate or if it will be something that's just a flash in the bucket. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, and this is Kehlani in the background. Oh, yeah. Don't tell you enough, but baby, I'll show it, show it. Vladimir Putin acting funny. <laughs> Corporations true. got all of those tax breaks. But last year, I paid like seven G's. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I am here with Selena Hill and Alyssa, mother and lawyer, Fuchs, because she's smart like that, just like Selena. And this is the 5 to one under show, because apparently all the powerful women are 5 to one yes, under. Hashtag,
2: not a tax lawyer. Not
1: a tax <laughs> lawyer. By the way, guys, we are talking about the Panama Papers. If you are wondering what that is, well, pretty much this, a whole bunch of information leaked out showing super corporations and the super wealthy hiding money from people and from Are the you government. surprised?
2: You shouldn't I'm be. not
1: surprised. And we have the amazing Marina Coring helping us with this conversation. The next segment, we will be talking about tax policy and the 2016 election because you know what? It actually is legitimate. It makes sense. What if Bernie becomes president and raises taxes and now I have to hide my $7 a year in a shell corporation to protect myself? But <laughs> say- save... Don't worry.
2: We'll set one of those up for you in Delaware.
1: Yeah, there we go. Say, Save your questions because we will have answers to them, or I won't have answers to them. Marina will because she's way smarter than I am. So to say all that, I want to bring it back to Selena who has a question for Marina.
0: Yes, and if you guys have questions too, you should call in. The number is two one two six
1: five zero six
0: nine
1: zero three. And you
0: should tweet us at Beheard underscore radio. Oh, oh yeah. All right, guys. So okay, so Marina, um so the law firm in Panama actually said that. They're doing nothing wrong. They, they released a statement um, saying that, you know, this is perfectly legal and it's OK. But criminals are also using the law firm to hide money. So, you know, the way I look at it is the system itself is supporting criminals. So if you're an elected official or a world leader or someone who makes money um, le- the legal way, but you're supporting this system, to me, that's morally unethical. Are there any legitimate arguments that this law firm um, and the people using it possibly cross legal grounds?
3: Okay, well that so again it's very it's perfectly legitimate for people to have these kinds of um, these kinds of companies. Right and, and people who do have them can declare them to their tax authorities when that's required. But as we saw in these cases, a bunch of these people did not. But it's not hard to use these companies very quickly to exploit the financial perks provided in tax payments, to engage in money laundering. So I think that there are obviously legitimate reasons to have these companies. I personally cannot think of them because I do not have that much money to, to be like, okay, maybe I'll open this company. But... Um, Mossack Fonseca and companies like it allow these world leaders and these politicians to stay just inside the right side of the law. It's a very murky area. It's just very murky in terms of morality in these types of tax havens. And
1: I want to jump really in for just stuff. one second because I, there was a great article on com which talks about some legal reasons why a corporation might want a shell company. So they used Apple, for example, who they started this company called 678, um, not to be confused with... Um, Fetty Wop 678 crew, <laughs> 679 crew. But, anyways, per, what Apple was trying to do is they're like starting to do research to build a car. They don't want anyone to know that yet, so they started this corporation to build it under where you don't really have to like reveal who's the owner behind it. And obviously Apple's so big, everyone knows like so when six seven eight popped up at like a auto industry meeting, everyone was like, Oh, look, there goes Apple. But that's why some corporations might do it for a legitimate reason. And also we have a really cool um explainer that I'm gonna play at the end of the show for you guys who still have not gotten it. <laughs> but um go ahead, I had a yeah, question. Yeah, no,
2: I actually it's not a question. I just wanted to make a comment about that, about this like well there one, there's a difference between morality and crime, right? Just because something's not illegal doesn't necessarily mean that it's immoral yeah, or that it's moral. Right. So, you know, you have this situation where these leaders in other countries of the world, they may not necessarily be breaking the law, but what they're doing by taking their, you know, taxing their people at this rate, but not paying the same rate themselves by, you know, because using their power and their wealth in order to do these things, and even if that's not illegal, it still is immoral. But the second thing that I wanted to mention specifically about uh, Mossack, that's the name of this firm? Mossack. Mossack, which is, I mean, I don't know what the rules are in Panama, but in America if you know a lawyer there's a thing it's called the crime fraud exception right which is that lawyers have to keep things confidential except when a client tries to use you or use your law firm to commit a crime now in America, that means you can actually break your privilege and break your confidentiality to expose a crime if somebody tries to use your firm or you as a lawyer to, to commit a crime through you. I don't know how that actually applies in Panama. I'd be interested to know. Um, but you know, like I said, what they're doing not may not always be illegal. Or in Panama, it may they may be breaking a law. In Europe or in China or in Asia or somewhere else, but they may not necessarily be breaking laws under Panama. So it becomes this weird mixed gray area where you sort of have different laws of different countries working together and you can say, okay, well, you know, by doing this, you may be doing it's maybe perfectly legal under Panamanian law, but it still may violate the law in the country that you're actually from.
1: That's something that we definitely want to make sure we get the answer for, guys. So we might not get it by the end of the show, but we'll definitely have some more information about the Panama Papers on our website, LYV.com com. selena i know you had a question for no, no
0: no no i wanted to actually hear her response to that if any
1: oh marina do you have a response to Alyssa's comment yeah
0: well that's a great point just how
3: muddled this is because um one story that came out of the leaks w- uh, showed that Mossack fonseca actually worked with oil companies owned by iran despite international sanctions against the country now Mossack would say you know as soon as we learn that we would cut ties but there's no real way to know if that's actually the case so there's just so many jurisdictions involved, and many of them are just hiding under Panama's
2: flags. Exactly what like she says, right? Yeah, wow. that's
1: what I suspected. So I have a question, more so about the blowback now. So we saw the Iceland's president was forced to resign, and we're mm-hmm. seeing some protests happening in other places now, and people are getting excited because they're saying, "Wow, finally we have the proof, and now people can strike back." But will this really be a legitimate pushback, or, or like, and, and if we get a bunch of people to resign, does that really solve the problem?
3: Well, it really depends on what country you're in, right? Um, You're seeing in the U.K. and in Iceland world leaders responding to this leak. But in Russia and China, you won't see any of that. Um, Putin has unsurprisingly uh, denied any wrongdoing. Um, And so have um, the leaders of China, uh, because the leak showed that family members of the uh, China Communist Party elite had offshore companies. And actually, this past week, the word Panama was a highly censored term on social media in China. So it all depends on which country you're in, like how much fallout there's going to be. Um, and I saw on Sunday night when these stories were coming out, some people were saying, you know, well, so what? Why does this matter? What's new about this? This is just very rich people doing very rich things. But if it were not for leaks like the Panama Papers, most of the public would have no idea that so much tax avoidance is possible, and on such a big scale, and that's that it's entirely legal Uh, one of my colleagues wrote a story this past week saying that the real scandal is what's legal right Right. Um, exactly so right i think that this is really going to shine a light on the legal frameworks that we have in place and it's it's pretty amazing to see world leaders even in non-democratic countries responding to an angry or curious public Based on a leak published by some journalists,
1: that's very true. And just, I know Alyssa had some a question to ask, but I just want to give some some background about like some of the info we have about leaders. So what we know is Vladimir Putin's inner circle appears to control about two billion worth of offshore assets. The the prime minister of Iceland secretly owned a debt of failed Iceland banks, um, over like five million dollars. The family of Pakistan prime minister owns millions of dollars of of real estate, um, in an offshore account. And Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko pledged to sell his Ukrainian business interests during his campaign, but appeared to instead have just transferred them to an offshore company. Of course he claims he didn't know that that's what was done, that it was his lawyer's fault, but we're not going to talk about that. Alyssa?
2: It's interesting that in these more authoritarian countries like China and Russia, that rather than deal with the actual wrongdoing by the leaders themselves, they've just censored the words like Panama. They've just basically clamped down on free speech and said, well, you know, if we don't allow you to talk about it, then it's not happening. Um, (laughs) Is Isn't that just great? You know, it's the, the the Vladimir Putin thing interests me though because he actually came out and said that officials and state agencies in the United States are behind all this, and that's a direct quote. And so I wanted to ask you, Marina. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't really surprise me that Vladimir Putin said that, but uh, is there any? Could there be any truth to the fact that U.S. officials? being behind that, or is Vladimir Putin just blowing smoke because, you know, that's what Vladimir Putin does, which is blame America for all all of his own problems.
3: Right, yeah. Well, that's just a very, very, like you said, common talking point from Putin. This is just a Russian bear battling the West. Um, So it's not surprising that he would blame the U.S., but it's also pretty convenient that the U.S. so far hasn't been implicated um, in these papers, so Putin can point to that and be like, well, why aren't they named? They must be behind it. Um, but that's just more a selling point to the Russian people, um, and not, not much more than that, I think. But again, I don't have access to these leaks, and there's, it's a huge amount of stuff.
0: Um, I'm not sure what else is in
3: there.
1: That's a pretty good point that the Americans have not been implicated so far. Alina?
0: And also, like, what Marina just touched upon, like, we didn't have access to it. Why was it that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there were no U.S.-based journalists given prim- uh, uh, preliminary access to it, whereas everyone else was? Yeah, that's a good question. I. Uh,
3: I imagine that it might be because so many of the people implicated were not from the U.S., Um, but I also saw one of the reporters who did have access to the leak say that some U.S. publications haven't really historically been good about maintaining embargoes, um, and that was a little bit of a dig at the U.S. papers, and maybe they were worried about it coming out, you know, one paper going rogue and releasing information that wasn't yet ready for prime time.
1: Thank you for that, Marina, because you give me a chance to step onto a soapbox, and let's talk about the American <laughs> media establishment. Now, The Atlantic is one of my favorite publications, so I'm going to be pretty biased and say that you guys have done a really good job of like giving honest journalism and great, thoughtful opinions that also come backed up with facts and, you know, sources, so on and so forth. But if this information would have been leaked to the U.S. media, what do you? What are the chances that all this information would have come out? Do you think there was a chance of some censoring or whitewashing?
3: Um, I'm not. That's a good question. I think that the U.S. would have a really hard time doing that. Um, and I'm going to shamelessly plug a quote by Obama about an Atlantic story we recently wrote about his. Um foreign policy decisions that Jeffrey Goldberg wrote for The Atlantic. Um, Putin, in a conversation with Obama, said, you know, I didn't really agree with what you said in the story. And Obama said, well, unlike you, Vladimir, I don't get to edit the piece before it goes out. So obviously the U.S. is in a very different position. I'm not sure they would definitely try to control the story as they would with any, you know, as any nation would with a damaging story. Um, But it wouldn't be on the scale of what's happening in Russia, which is completely like, Blanket
0: coverage of not this in Russian media. Right, guys. And again, if you have a question or a comment, you can call in at 212-650-6903 and keep those tweets coming at beheard_radio. underscore radio. Thank you for
1: mentioning that, Selena. So we have a caller online, but I know you also had a tweet. So can you read the tweet? Then we'll get to the caller.
0: At service. Can't get the tweet right now. Give All me a right, minute.
1: So if you guys want to help us get better internet service, donate to WHCR <laughs> at WHCR.org. Go to donate. In our name. And put it in our name. Let your voice be heard. But while we do have some space for commenters, we do have David on the line. David, if I got your name wrong, forgive me, and you can punch me in the air later on, but let your voice be heard.
4: Hey, will appreciate it. And, yeah, it could be David or Dawood or David, uh, whichever. Hey, you know, uh, I'm a big 1776 kind of fan, and uh, right now when I hear about the financial scandals that are going on, I'm reminded that in 1812, uh, the, the British had counterfeited our, you know, the Continental dollar so badly that nobody could trust it anymore. And, uh, in fact, George Washington was starving there at Valley Forge because nobody co- trusted the Continental. So they just got out the printing press, came up with a new design, and it was called the New American Tenor. So it would seem to me that with all of the financial fraud that's going on and the, the projects that we need to work on, we need to just create a new uh, new money that we can trust. That and that actually makes the rich broke. They have to start over. We're already broke.
1: Well, yeah, I'm very, I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. That's
4: like
0: a very interesting concept. It really sure. is. Definitely appreciate um, you leaving that 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 comment. Again, guys, you can call in two one two six five zero six nine zero three. David
1: Davi Dowd called all the way from San Francisco. Guys, if you have not been to San Francisco, I love it. Oh I my love God, I San love Francisco it. too. Alyssa. So-
2: uh, now you got me thinking about San Francisco uh, So you know the la- Before we close out this segment We've done a lot of talking about Global corruption and greed And, and the legality I just want to turn for a second To talk about Masak Fonsesca for a second um, You know there's a really great article In The Guardian About how the firm Really won't discuss Any specific cases of wrongdoing It cites its client confidentiality But it's very robustly Defending its con- conduct Saying it complies with All anti-money money laundering laws And it Carries out due diligence on its clients and, you know, XYZ. So here's my real question and final question for you, Marina. I mean, how could such a big cyber hack like this happen to a firm like Massac? And I mean, like, who is potentially behind the, the hack itself? Well, my understanding is that they're
3: saying it's a hack. I haven't seen reports saying that it's not a hack. So I. I'm not sure if it was an actual cyber attack or if it was someone within the company who decided to release that information. Sort of like um, an
2: Edward Snowden type? Exactly, right. And so, and first
3: of all, this leak is much, much bigger than that. It eclipses in size the WikiLeaks release in 2010 of those um, American diplomatic cables, and it, it's much bigger than the Snowden disclosures back in 2013. Wow. Um, yeah, I, and an untold number of stories emerged from those leaks and continue to pour out today. And so if you consider that these documents for thousands of these corporate structures, and I believe it's 214,000 companies or entities that are named in these leaks, that comes from a single law firm from a single country, considered a tax haven. Um, So it's safe to say that this is only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, And in terms of how easy it is to hack this company, um, well, the U.S. government got hacked um, a year or two ago. You know, OPM, the... um, Human Resources Department, well, and that was, a, that was a federal government. Mm. So I'm not sure what kind of um, protections most Fonseca think it has in place, but if governments can get hacked, so can private law firms.
1: I heard their password was one two three kitty (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) why. Before we close this out, speaking of Edward Snowden, I know we both just mentioned him, he actually put out a statement after the leak, and he said, and I quote, with scandals in Russia, China, the UK, Iceland, Ukraine, and more, perhaps a new rule. If you're in charge of a country, keep your money in it.
0: Mm, Makes sense to me. (laughs) Makes too much sense, actually. That's why it doesn't happen enough. Stanley? Um,
1: So, Marina, just um, really quickly before we let you go, please let the listeners know how they can find more of your work and they can learn more about the Panama mud papers
3: I uh, will definitely go to the atlantic.com where uh, we're definitely going to be tracking this story and um, telling you you know what's important and what things mean as these journalists release these stories there's going to be more to come and more people implicated I imagine so Definitely check out TheAtlantic.com.
1: Thank you very much for that, Marina, and thank you so much for calling into the show today. Marina has great articles on The Atlantic. Please make sure you follow her on Twitter and you read her articles. Marina, thanks so much for coming into the show. Don't be surprised if we call you again to come back another day.
3: (laughs) Thanks so much for having me.
1: Anytime. So, guys, I want to wrap this segment up and just kind of close out this conversation. Very familiar to the way that I started it, and it's very simple. While you all, well, not maybe all of you, but many people have been mad about Jackie and Jason and Jimmy and um, Jerome and Maria and Chet because they're asking for $15 an hour. There are corporations, there are presidents, there are prime ministers right now who instead of paying their fair share in taxes are actually hiding their money offshore. Why, you are mad because someone who you claim to be illegal, even though there's no such thing as an illegal human being, is not paying quote-unquote taxes, even though they pay taxes in all different ways, like sales taxes, just to give you one example, or all those taxes they give you when you're trying to get your citizenship. Why, you're mad at them. There is a corporation or a super wealthy person right now like Donald Trump who is not paying taxes because they are hiding their money on an offshore account or just an off state account like in Delaware or in Nevada. And they're not just hiding 10, 20, 50, 60, 70 dollars. They're not just hiding 10, 15, 25 um, $75, $100,000. No, they are hiding millions and in some cases billions of dollars that could be being pumped right back into our tax system or could be being used to pay people a living wage or could be be being used to pay journalists to do amazing work like this all the time a decent salary and not just offering people these quote unquote consultant freelancing jobs where they get paid minimum wage with no benefits and then are told to work crazy hours. The biggest thing that you should get from this particular episode and this show and this conversation is that the system is grossly rigged and the best way for the system to stay rigged and succeed is for us to fight each other over the table scraps while the big shots all the way above us are counting their money and smiling because it's all about the money it's always been all about the money it's not about the american way it's not about equality it's not about you it's not about me it's all about the money so if you care and you want to change things start shouting start changing until then it's going to be about this
4: that time.